Coming to you live from a Klonopin Detox Center near you. That's it's right, losers. Jordan Peterson. That's me. Anyway, um, welcome to the Entry Level Left. Tonight we've got a special episode for you on marketing and capitalism. So to get this whole thing started, we'll introduce everybody for people who may be just tuning in for the first time. I'm Matt. I'm Nathan. Jared. And we are the Entry Level Left. So to start the discussion off... Uh, what role uh, do we think marketing plays in capitalist society? Um, so I'm going to go over something actually from an article that I pulled up from the Marketing Journal, which we're going to include in the show notes. Um, very briefly, it talks about how a company creates value by one, developing an attractive product or service, two, pricing it right, three, placing it so that it is easy to find and get, and four, promoting it, aka marketing it. So that the intended market knows about the product's existence and develops a desire for it. Those are often called the four P's of marketing. One thing that I like to say a lot is that marketing is essentially the psychology of capitalism. So it kind of makes a commodity a commodity. It's like you can produce something regardless of its actual usefulness. The marketing is kind of what actually makes someone feel that it's useful or feel that it's useful to them and then go out and in turn buy it. Right. It turns it into a commodity that is desired or it creates demand basically for lack of a better way to phrase it. It's kind of like capitalism is like the organization, like the thing that produces the product, like the system that produces the product. But marketing is what actually like makes the market. It's what moves it. it, Yeah. 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 And two, like when you think about it, it's like conservatives are always talking about supply side economics. And the basic idea is that Mm -hmm. if you have the supply, people will come and take it. Right. That's not necessarily true. Right. You know what I mean? And marketing is like the tool that you use to make something that you have a large supply of actually like usable. Right. Like, for example, did you guys know Pizza Hut used to be the largest purchaser of kale in the U.S.? No. Yep, and I didn't even know about kale until they didn't like even, a year ago. They didn't <laughs> oh even they didn't even use it. They actually use it as like garnish in between the plates at the salad bar. Oh, so it wasn't even edible. Com- right. complete. Actually, it's some managers not. like on Reddit I was reading, they, they actually used to tell the employees that it, it wasn't edible to like make sure customers didn't didn't actually right. eat it. Right. But what's weird is is in 2011, uh, on the show Ellen. Mm-hmm. George Bush fan Ellen. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I was hoping you're not going to just stop. No, we're right going to praise Ellen. No, this, we're going to no. beat Ellen up. Right. Tonight. But Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, another fire uh, ass uh, candidate. Yeah. She went on there and she made kale chips, and this set mm. off this huge hype. This is when it got labeled as a superfood. Right. And like in three years, the prices went up by like 25%. So why I'm bringing this up is because. It's weird how we had this massive supply of something that we didn't even really think was edible in 2010. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden by 2013 is the price is up 25%. It's so expensive and now to buy it. it's ubiquitous. Like yeah. everybody knows what kale is. Everybody right. knows it's the thing you accidentally order at Chick-fil-A when you're not paying attention to what right. you order. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like sees it on the health websites and that's because of marketing. That's because they pick it up as like a superfood, which is just a buzzword. Right. You know, it's just a marketing buzzword. And suddenly something that has we have a large supply of becomes something that's now in demand. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just marketing. Marketing. The whole point of marketing is to, to make people make decisions they wouldn't have otherwise made. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, marketing is why Gwyneth Paltrow can sell vibrators on her website for $150. <laughs> it's why... Um, and I'll keep buying them. It's why <laughs> Belle Delphine can sell uh, her bath water for, right. what was it, like $30 a pop? Yo, get your money, though. Yeah. I mean... No, like... Yeah, whatever. I'm no not going to hate on homegirls because, you know, work? she's, I getting, she's I mean, getting her money. I mean, that's different, though, than, like, corporate marketing, I guess, but... 
Um, also, don't ever go to the Pizza Hut buffet where they have the kale. Um, you will definitely get diarrhea. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and too, like, I guess it, it kind of plays against the whole, like, you always hear, like, the classical economist or even, like, the Keynesians will say something along the lines of, like, people are rational actors in the economy. No, and it's yeah. not true. Like, marketing exists because people aren't rational right. actors, you know? Are the people really not rational actors or is it just the mode of production that makes them irrational? Because if you think about it in a socialist society where things are distributed differently, yeah, you know, you're working to produce a certain amount of commodities to supply all of society, and you're producing chiefly for need, then you don't have these like irrationalities. You know right. what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't have this like what what I would consider like anarchy of production, right? Yeah, yeah. Under capitalism, but that's how it is. I'd imagine that anybody who's subjected to enough marketing is going to fall for it. It's not like a these are dumb people that are falling for it. It's just that on average. When you put enough uh, yeah. material out there about any one thing, of course people are going to buy into well, it. Well, I think it's too. It's like it's it's so over. It's like so much oversaturation that you kind of just uh, start associating from marketing like household names for certain things, and therefore you're like, okay, I need. I've ran out of this, therefore I need to go and buy yeah. X, Y, and Z product because it's been marketed to you a certain like, way. Head on, applied directly to the forehead. I kind of feel like, like for example, like McDonald's and Coca-Cola, I feel like they're brands that they don't even need to market anymore. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't know what McDonald's or Coca-Cola is? But they they also work on such a level of like... Where they can just do like very light like product placement type of well, advertisement. But that's and, what they do in movies like Jurassic World and even yeah. like some movies coming out. Transformers, like the Beats pill scene where it's like specifically like, here's the pill. You like music? The pill. Like right, it's like right. very like obvious that they're advertising for something. Right. One thing that I really, really fucking hate in movies is blatant product placement. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're saying you want us to use the show to sell stuff? Look, I know how this sounds. No, come on, Jack. We're not doing that. We're not compromising the integrity of the show to sell. Wow, this is diet Snapple? I know. It tastes just like regular Snapple, doesn't it? You should try Plumagranate. It's amazing. I only date guys who drink Snapple. I hate it. Right. Like, it makes me feel like I am, like, I have a microchip in my neck and I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a fucking test facility. Like, right. <laughs> it makes me feel like I am, like, in a dystopian well, right. world. Right. I mean, we well, are, so. It, and it's, like, it's huge. Like, for example, on Transformers like Michael Bay, he actually got sued because like a Chinese state-owned company had paid like three quarters of a million dollars to have their like ad at any point in the movie. Right. And he ended up like not doing it. And it's like to think that people were paying that much money just to right. get their 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 name into something. And like right. it's a pretty basic like psychological fact. Right. It's literally called the mere exposure effect. Right. Or like in marketing, they usually call it like familiarity. Right. And that's just like if people know your name, they're going to feel more comfortable with you. And like, no matter what kind of exposure they've had to you, whether it's good or bad, you know, right. just seeing your name is going to make them like more likely to, to purchase you if they see you on the show. Right. Well, it's even like those like uh name brand, like test studies that they do where they give people like the sort of like knockoff brand Oreo and then like the actual Oreo and they have each person like eat them and they think, you know, yeah. Oh yeah, these taste the same. And then as soon as they do the test again, but they tell them that, One's the Oreo and one's the like name brand. Then all of a sudden the Oreo like tastes better because obviously they've been marketed more towards like associating. Yeah. You know, like, like Oreo is high quality. Right. But yeah. I mean, I think though, I mean, that's kind of a tangent, but like kind of getting back to what you were originally saying is, you know, how you always hear these arguments about from the supply side, economics and blah, blah. Marketing, in my view, like the the marketing that exists under capitalism it it is kind of one of those things that largely does 
act contradictory towards the notions of capitalism just kind of like operating as this sort of perfect market structure that does certain things and humans as rational actors will inherently purchase this thing to complete this service it's like marketing kind of throws a bombshell on all of that and that it's the whole reason it exists is so that you specifically go towards something that you don't fucking need yeah like why would marketing be a multi-billion right dollar industry if people would just naturally pick the best products, you know right. what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, if there was true competition and we were all going to pick the best product and that's what's going to stay on the market, then why are they spending so much money on essentially just tricking you? Into but a lot of product? it is a lot of it is like nonsense. Like we'll probably get into this more later, but we, we brought up like when we were writing the episode, like the differences between like a great value brand or like a, a store brand versus like a craft foods or, you know, um, anything with a very like prominent name brand you right. know like heinz ketchup or i mean are, kellogg cereal yeah, yeah. you know general mills uh yeah but whatever. if you look at where the like if you look at what corporations are producing those products they're all under the umbrella of like conagra foods right. and different things like this like super conglomerations of even even the like quote-unquote knockoff brands are still those same companies yeah. it's like they're selling you maybe the the checks mix that sat out a little bit longer and got a little bit more stale or yeah. like, you know, it's only certain pieces of it or it's the more burnt pieces or yeah, whatever, yeah. but it's, that's why it's ultimately reduced. the same product, it's, but it's still like the money is still going to the same. And, and like you were saying, companies. and I, I call this sometimes when we talk about it, like the illusion of choice is right. that like yeah, when yeah. you go into the supermarket and you think like, there's so many options, how could I ever pick something? Right. Like, for example, I was looking into Unilever, which owns all the shower products and deodorants that you could, possibly fucking buy they own axe dove degree suave thermosilk tresemme i'm probably said that wrong clear vibrance organic sun silk and some other things in foreign markets it's like right. if I, you go into yeah. that aisle and you're looking around if you just like close your eyes and just like point in one direction you're right. probably buying a product from them there, there's well, no actual choice in that right, right. what decision. i was gonna say is like i think you did say tre- tre- it's tresemme right yeah tresemme. Tresemme. you know the yeah. commercial yeah. tresemme Ooh, la, la. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. We're talking about marketing right now. That's literally marketing, right? Yeah. Like we kn- we all know that jingle, right? That is how like psychological marketing is under. Capitalism. I think, and then and that's like too, Matt. Earlier, you were like, oh, you know, McDonald's and Coke, they don't even need to, you know, advertise anymore. But it's like one, obviously, they do from a psychological standpoint because mm-hmm. that's how they stay relevant. And another way too is even though like we may not view them as having like real legitimate competitors because they're massive global like monopolies essentially. Yeah. Um, Because as we all know, and we've discussed in previous episodes, like, you know, capital has to constantly grow at a certain rate. They're still preparing for the inevitability or the potential inevitability for other competition, quote unquote competition in quotes. Yeah. Um, that may emerge that even if it just pulls a slight margin away from them, they still want to be that household name because what it does, what marketing ultimately does is it adds legitimacy. Like more than anything, it adds legitimacy. And if you for a certain amount of time have associated legitimacy with say Tide versus some name brand detergent, then they can charge you $11 for it versus 
Yeah, the, th- the three dollars yeah. that they could reasonably charge and still make a fucking insane. But profit. that's how they get away with raising the price, like in comparison to other products, constantly. They're constantly, you know, over the years. Like maybe it'll take them five to ten years, but th- that right. price will go up right. for that product. The more legitimacy is lended to it by right. a customer purchasing, you know, and this is what we talk about, like maybe in other episodes where it wasn't clear. But this is what what we mean when we say price signals in a market. Right. You know, when people are buying these things, it's signaling to the producer that they're willing to pay more and they value it. You know what I mean? Right. When you have enough of a user base, you know, your user base can withstand, you know, r- the the raising of prices. And, you know, when you get enough um, popular support, you know, through marketing, you're more able to increase your prices. Like, for example, Chipotle. I know a while ago they raised their prices on like all of their on all of their products, like all of their bowls and their burritos and all of that, the the stuff that in, you know is inside. Yeah, right. the ingredients. But it's because they have brand loyalty. Well, also, you know I mean? yeah, and also one thing too, like, uh, not only like them raising their prices because of, you know, they've been around for a long time, they have legitimacy, you know, associated familiarity or whatever that comes with marketing. But another thing. Um, not to get too off on a tangent, another reason they do that and why you should not fall for any sort of like any sort of marketing that advertises like some sort of like new formula that, you know, does X, Y and Z greater yeah. than the previous is because and this is a testament to the university that I graduated from. There's like this new thing emerging with companies. It's not really new, but it's especially skyrocketed in the you know global economy. Is this like constant buying of patents, like yeah. patents to like even just minuscule formula changes, so that like companies can basically you know market a product as being this like let's say like Tide or something, right? This radical new formula that gets rid of ninety five percent more dirt than the standard brand and so therefore they charge you five dollars more when in reality they like patented like the most minuscule addition like chemical Chemical, addition to it and and it does realistically absolutely nothing different but because they bought that patent they can yeah they they can can say all this marketing bullshit. they can market it to get you you know to buy to spend the extra money for something that's really not doing anything like for example toothpaste is a huge case study for this like all new colgate total formula do more for your whole mouth if you look at different toothpaste brands and or even mouthwash brands too like you'll see that they have this particular product and it's clinical strength right 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 and it has such and such concentration of um, whatever chemical or whatever you know phosphate or whatever it is right and you look at the back of it and then you look at a, the back of like a cheaper one or one just like random thing right. random brand right like fixident or or just aquafresh some like right. cheapy brand of toothpaste and then you compare them and you see like they have the same exact fucking chemicals in them right you know what i mean they have the same exact ingredients in them so how is this any different at all? You're just marketing this as clinical strength when realistically it maybe contains like, you know, 10% more of a particular like uh, fluoride or something right, like right, that. Right. But it's like realistically the, the the difference is so minuscule that it doesn't even matter at all. Like if you paid, you know, for one over the other, except this the price difference is so stark right. that it's almost criminal that they would charge. Right 
so much more money for just, you know, realistically the same fucking thing. Right, exactly. Another thing, like not to get into, uh, again, another tangent, but it's just marketing to me is like such, you know, everything we've been discussing, even just up to this point, it's like such an interesting social phenomenon. Again, because what you were kind of saying earlier, Nathan, is it really does reinforce this illusion of choice. And it reminds me of that meme that got circulated, I think maybe by Turning Point or someone else, but it was shared by a lot of right-wing people on Facebook of this guy who like went to Cuba and he was in a grocery store in Cuba and he was like, oh, look at socialism. And he's in an aisle where it's a bunch of vacuum cleaners and they're all the same brand. And he was like, see, this is what socialism gets. And it's, it's hilarious because, you know, you go to any retail market you know, like mm-hmm. we were just saying, and you go into an aisle of like the cereal aisle, the chip aisle, the the cookie aisle, Everything. the t- the detergent aisle, the toothpaste aisle, and you look like you have all these different brands, but they're literally all owned by the same fucking conglomerates. And yeah. it's like if you just erased all the marketing and you erased all the advertising and all the name brands, you have instead of all of them being you know from produced by some one state owned company for a fair and set price, you have an inflated price from two companies. Maybe. 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 Yeah, like, for example, I mentioned Unilever earlier because I I just think they're one of the most interesting. They own eight toothpaste brands, eight mayonnaise brands, nine ice cream brands, uh, including Fudgesicle and Popsicle. Why? Why do you need that many brands? And, and And a few gelato brands, 12 soap brands, 15 different detergents, in 17 different tea brands, including like Lipton, for example. Right. That's just one company. So if you walk in there and you think like, I'm not buying Lipton, I don't like Lipton. And that's the, that's the most problematic part right. is you might have a company like Coca-Cola where you say like, oh, no, they had Colombian death squads. Yeah. And like, you might think like, oh, they, they're bad. Or, oh, hey, Nestle, they, they, they uh, you know, they purchased half the water in Africa and privatized right. it. And right. I don't agree right. with them. But to avoid those products is to ignore half the supermarket. Right. It's literally impossible to avoid big companies like that. Right. And it kind of brings us back to you know ye old marxist mantra right there is no ethical consumption under capitalism you know well exactly it's impossible to, unless you were just like the best person in the world who's just staying on top of this stuff all the time no, but honestly unless you, you grow anybody. your own food and like produce your own products you're pretty much fucked. even even still though yeah i mean unless you are completely off the grid i guess or some shit but like yeah I, i'm actually really glad that you brought that point up nathan about the whole ethical consumption thing because I mean, I I don't know the exact numbers, and maybe we can find some and like post it in the show notes or something. But I I based on my knowledge of capitalism and marketing as the psychology, the reinforcement of capitalism in our society today, I would be very very shocked if all of these so called organic, ethically grown, ethically farmed, non meat, you know, products, whatever. Yeah. If they're not literally owned by the same people yeah. producing all those things, and why that's significant is because, like, I, I'm not saying this is true. I don't know if this is the case, but say like something like those Beyond Meat brands or whatever, yeah, Morningstar. Yes, yeah, say, say they're owned by Purdue. Again, this is just a hypothetical, but I'm assuming this is the case. It more than likely is the case, or some brand that's involved with that. Put a spotlight on Kellogg since they are basically sitting on a gold mine with their Morningstar Farms brand, which has been selling fake meat products since the 70s. 
Once I lost my virginity with Morningstar Farms, I couldn't wait to do it again in the morning. You going out and buying those brands is still generating for the same money for the same company and in turn subsidizing the cost of them to still kill animals. We talked or, about it on a previous episode. We were talking about the Impossible Burger from yeah, right. Burger and King. And we were talking about KFC. It's like, okay, so what? You're a vegan and you went and bought an Impossible Burger at Burger King. They're not putting that in a special fund that they're right, going to invest right, right. in more <laughs> sustainable foods. Right. They're literally going to probably use that money to kill, to kill more, more animals. More burgers. You know? right. So it's like, exactly. it, it kind of defeats the whole or, like consequentialist view of, of veganism. Or you know? even too, and this is an article we definitely need to include in the show notes, and I'm not shitting on people who are like vegan or you know don't eat meat or no, something like that. No, like definitely. Stay beautiful. That's yeah. amazing. Good, right. good job. Um, I just think the, the notions of it being ethical from a sense that like it's more environmentally sustainable or like that there's even this notion of ethical consumption in general i just think that's that should not be the mindset however that said uh there's an article we definitely need to link in the show notes i think it was produced by the guardian that talks about like how the increased demand for meat alternatives which are almost exclusively soy based has led to an increase in the, uh, rainforest deforestation in order to produce more land for land soybean. for soybean growth, and you know you're talking about one of the wonders of the world. You know what I mean? You're talking about the most biodiverse animal present, you know, like environment on the planet being destroyed. You know, all these creatures being completely eradicated, all of that sort of stuff in the name of supposed meat-free, sustainable, environmentally friendly. And again, it all kind of comes back to the marketing because the marketing is what sort of reinforces this idea in our brain that, again, and we'll touch on more of this later, if if you have a problem with something, the only thing you need to do is just buy something different as opposed to substantially change the system as a whole. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I think that's the biggest farce, you know, because we talked about how these... Uh, different brands are ultimately owned by the same corporations. So you can't really even vote with your wallet. You know what I mean? You're right. not even yeah. you, like economically, we don't really have democracy. You know what I mean? And people who are free market theorists or like uh, proponents of capitalism will say, you know, we have all this freedom of choice. We have all this, this and that. But like it realistically, like, if all those corporations own like nine ice cream brands, nine different mayonnaise brands, nine different coffee brands, whatever the fuck it is, you know, how much freedom do you really have to decide or yeah. vote with your wallet? You know what I mean? Right. You've got to really question, you know, where it's all going and like whether what you believe is actually like legitimate or if it's just like pure ideology you know what i mean right and i've been seeing a lot of that lately like people just like with takes that are basically pure ideology with no like grounding right like when you see a, a like a person who is like a reactionary or a capitalist online you love capitalism really you do and you can't stand big government really you can't don't believe me then i'll just have to prove it to you do you use an iPhone, Android, MacBook, PC, read on a Kindle, watch TV and movies on Netflix, videos on YouTube, shop on Amazon, listen to Spotify, search on Google, send money on Venmo, grab a ride with Uber? They're just like that. They right. just like mythologize stuff or they like act like their mythology is real, but it's not.
Yeah, I mean, I think even too though, like marketing in itself is sort of a. Sh- I mean, as I was kind of hinting at earlier, you know, marketing itself is kind of a shot in the face in the face of this, you know, very hard lined capitalist view of the world in terms of like the market is kind of doing everything on its own. Like yeah. the the sheer fact that marketing exists for you to believe that there is choice when in reality there isn't choice and to engage with and you know uh invoke your irrationality into spending money onto you know something you don't actually need completely contradicts like the quote unquote like philosophical idea of capitalism you know and yeah. so but again marketing is essential to capitalism's existence and i think another thing that i wanted to touch on uh, and i'd be interested to hear y- y'all's thoughts on is to me not only is marketing the psychology of capitalism in the sense that it like sort of produces markets but it's also the psychology of capitalism in that i feel like it's so saturated like we are so exposed to so many products and so many commercials that even if we're indifferent to it even if we don't feel like oh i saw this coca-cola commercial and therefore i'm going to go out and buy a coke it still reinforces notions of like capitalism is the only system that can exist it's the only thing that's viable like there's there's no other alternative yeah and i'm i don't want to like paint this picture that i'm saying that there's no difference at all between brands like obviously there are differences but you know, they're, they're, they're differences because they're used to market to different types of people right. that have different yeah. needs or desires in a market. But that's the thing about it. It's like, you know, when we're producing for desires rather than needs, you know, we waste so much. We waste so much resources creating products. Like, for example, there was a meme and there was like a Karl Marx quote on it. I don't remember the quote, but it was just like, it when i read it i just hit me and i was just like yeah this is it like this is what people need to understand about marketing and capitalism but there were like heinz brands and they were like different um combination sauces like oh like the mayo chub mayo, and yeah or yeah. yeah the mayo chub and uh crunch like ketchup and ranch right and different things like that and it's like how have we gotten to this point in human history it is so ridiculous that we're like making an entirely new product like making a a label line and a a container line and all these different things that go into producing a product um for for literally people combining two existing products like do you really need to mix ketchup and and mayo (laughs) that much that you would buy a fucking heinz bottle of mayo like mayo chuck like are you kidding me? <laughs> and that's why you have to laugh when people are like, capitalism invires or inspires innovation. It's like, yeah. no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it, you went from having people, the same people who manufacture ketchup and fucking mayonnaise, and they go like, wait a minute, what if we just put them together? Yeah, that's like real ingenuity, it right? It's like, like, without I, capitalism, we, we wouldn't innovate, you know what right. I mean? And the majority of products are like that. There's so many products that, like, the companies just conveniently make another product because it's, like, right. leftovers from the first product that, that they were making, right. you know what I mean? The only difference, honestly, between innovation under capitalism and innovation under any other society is a fucking patent like quite honestly like because if you know these things um, i mean majority of the products that we buy you know in in the market system are things that have existed for a long time they've just been patented rebranded added on to a little bit here and there packaged a certain way 
you know, and then resold to us, even though. Well, I mean, we talk about it from time to time, but like the Soviets basically went from nothing, like an agrarian society and rapidly industrialized. Right. Like one bit for, in my opinion, won the space race between the U.S. and the Soviets. And not even that, but they also like pioneered a lot of computer technologies. And they pioneered. They pioneered like like cellular network technology, right. like the first cell phones. Right. Yeah. Like that's Soviet technology, yeah. and there was still innovation. To say yeah. that there's no innovation because there's no competition, there's no markets. Like it's absolute bullshit. Right. Like all of that stuff is even in capitalist society subsidized by the public money. Right. Like all, all of NASA, in- all, all of like medical technology, like. Jonas Salk and all of these patents yep. on drugs and life-saving yep. medications like these things were financed by the public public the public yeah. sector like the pu- like human beings will innovate naturally here's here's the thing when there's a need when there's a desire for a product when society needs something like human beings will rise to the task and here's here's the thing innovation like you just mentioned medicine uh yeah. science any of those sorts of things they require more than anything, risk, yeah. okay? And the market, capitalism, capitalists, owners are not willing to take They're the risk. They're averse to re- uh, risk because like- It cannot, it, 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 provi- it cannot guarantee yeah. an end profit for yeah. a shareholder. There's no profit in taking so, risk. Like what people need to understand is that all, or not all, but the majority, the vast majority of innovation that shapes our society today- Wi-Fi, nuclear internet power, access, nuclear power, energy systems, space travel, space, airplanes, all that shit. Cell phones, the private internet, space yeah. industry. Right. <laughs> right. But lo- almost exclusively public ventures that were then later patented and privatized and for which the public sector or, you know, the public in general never was repaid yeah we've never been compensated for like paying for like you know this technology and like we don't get a share in the wealth of it but like in a socialist society we would well think about it as i said earlier the university i went to a public university likes to state all the time that it has like one of the highest in the state of florida if not the highest in the state of florida patents like patent rate like students producing research or inventing things that then get patented into you know, sold off essentially to some right. private firm. So I went to a public university that receives public dollars. Yeah. Public money produced those things that are now being patented and sold as as opposed to being a public good. And I think that, you know, relating this back to marketing, again, marketing reinforces this idea that capitalism is the only way we can exist. The only way that, you know, innovation and all that happens is if there's a fucking commercial for it. Yeah. Well, I would just to interject there, I mean, I would say like labor creates these inventions. Labor creates all of these things. It's not like the ideas are randomly, you know, out there. Even with these people are laboring to create inventions and make new innovations. Well, even with these patents at these universities, it's like, you know, the the underpaid PhD student who's an adjunct and ununionized who slaved over their microscope for, you know, 79 hours straight. Who's, working, pro- who's working on a publicly funded grant. Right. Uh, you know, to, with to, a publicly funded scholarship. Right. To produce 
something, uh, some script, some, you know, whatever, that the whole goal is to get it patented and sold to fucking somewhere Raytheon or yeah yeah and I mean I mean that's the thing it's like you know you know what's amazing is it's like actually you know they say like capitalism stokes innovation I would actually say that capitalism kills innovation because when I was at the university that I went to every fucking business major and every fucking computer science major that I met on that campus who was working on app application development or they were working in their whole goal was not let me develop an app that revolutionizes X, Y, and Z. It was, let me develop an app that's decent enough to get purchased by some giant-ass yeah. Silicon Valley conglomerate like right. Google or Apple or Microsoft or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it's like, so you're basically saying like anything that you come up with that's creative and new, the whole goal is to make a quick buck off of it by selling it to some exactly. company that already has trillions of dollars and and so to me that is a complete stifling of innovation to me and yeah. a marxist a socialist society the innovation that occurs from public investment or even from individuals you know i don't want to you know act as if the individual is not you know significant in their own way any of those things would be you know, revolutionized in the sense that they would be accessible. That's the whole thing. They would be accessible. It would not require a, you know, substantial amount of money or any, you know, any money in general, if it was a necessity to acquire versus nowadays, you know, at minimum, you have to pay $50 a month to get access to the fucking internet, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's all highlighted too, just by the fact that like earlier we were talking about like Nestle and all that stuff, like, the fact that there are advertisements on television for fucking water is all I need to know about capitalism and marketing. And- I mean, water is something that everybody needs, you right. know, like, why would you need to market that? But I think that brings us to like the next question. You know, we've talked a little bit about how marketing is essentially like the psychology of capitalism and it makes, you know, products, it it legitimizes products and you know, causes us to give attention to certain brands and things like that. But, you know, marketing is really what makes the markets in capitalist society. And capitalist society is built on markets. You know, market is like the basic, you know, way we understand capitalism. So I want to pose a question to the group about delving deeper into this idea of what exactly is being produced in a market and what you know, what things in a capitalist economy act on a particular product to make it a commodity rather than just, you know, something that society needs. So what is the, what is commodification in context of capitalist society? No. So I think kind of what we've been getting at this whole episode, I think kind of reinforces commodities like in the market is primarily marketing. It's, it's the whole entire reason, again, going back to this notion of it as the psychology of capitalism it's the entire reason why, you know, you go into a store, or whatever, you, you essentially get off your ass to go pick something up, not that you necessarily need, but that you want specifically based on what you have been advertised. Yeah, like and a I, quarter pounder with cheese. Right. And I think that's why even even if you're only like semi hungry, it's like the the advertisement, the marketing makes you yeah. like hungrier from just watching it. Like know? the other day I saw a beer commercial online and I just went to the fridge and drank a whole yingling. Right. 
Yeah, no, I mean? sometimes sometimes I'd be like chilling. A whole yingling? A whole hardcore. Yingling. Okay, a whole yingling. Yeah, no, sometimes. <laughs> One whole yingling. Sometimes I'd just the be. the adult, please. Yeah, no, sometimes I'd just be bored as shit and I'm like, I got nothing to do tomorrow. And I see a Bud Light ad and I'm like, I'm going to get fucking obliterated. <laughs> get a tonight. 40 pack of Bud right? Light <laughs> yeah. cans. And so then I go home or I go to the, the gas station and I buy a shit ton of Bud Light limes and then I black out. But it doesn't even. <laughs> black out it Bud doesn't Light even. Lime. It doesn't even need to work on that level. Like, wake up with diarrhea. <laughs> oh my God. Even if you see like an ad for like spicy chicken nuggets and you're like, nope, that'll kill me. That's for sure. It still like puts Wendy's in the back of your mind, you know? Right. Yeah. It just, it, it just, this kind of drops that into the file right. of the br- in your brain. Of, yeah. What are the best fast food places? And then you think about the Wendy's yeah, commercial. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you're oh, like, I'm gonna go to the you know. To right. You're like, Wendy's. I need some, I need some spicy. Nuts. Just like, what's yeah. open right now? Like, right. literally only yeah. McDonald's. What do I want from McDonald's? Advertising you know? and marketing makes like brands more accessible in your brain. That's the right. only point of it. You right. know, whether in the moment you're like, I want that or not, it's just it, the whole point is just to make it more accessible when you might possibly want it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But to bring it back to what you said about commodification. Just to bring it back all the way to the first example I used, it's the process of bringing kale from something that's a garnish to being something that's literally called a superfood. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? From being something that's like not even in demand, people don't even think about it, to being something that like people write whole right. blogs about. People don't you know even know they can eat it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the process of commodification is just literally making something that's desirable. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like kale just magically became edible right. in 2011. It's just that at that point is when the market decided, hey, this is something we can actually make money off of. Right, yeah. And, and you know, that's where, like, as we were talking about, like, sort of marketing, like, being this, you know, mode to kind of turn things into commodities, turn things into, you know, I'm going to get off my ass, and I'm going to go, like, purchase this product because I've been sold it a certain way. I think also marketing being that like kind of what we were talking about earlier it's so like we're bombarded with so much daily i think it's like yeah. 4000 to 10000 advertisements a day yeah, is the what average person the average person like gets exposed to but i think also like marketing under capitalism i mean t- it could be under any system but specifically the system we live under currently i think it also reinforces a lot of the sort of status quo like state power, that sort of thing. And that's that's kind of where I want to transition. I know we had kind of already talked about it earlier with like it kind of making us feel like capitalism is the only system that can exist and the only thing that produces innovation and all that. But how does it reinforce what kind of currently already exists, you know, politically, economically, and so on? Kind of like we mentioned when we were writing the episode, marketing under capitalism is more, it's more than just selling products. It's a form of like mass social and psychological engineering. Like we've been talking about, we've been giving examples of it. Like when we mentioned the jingle, you know, with, um, Tresemme, but I think like, that's the point of it, you know, is to just create markets. Right. And there's, there's like, there's only a need for that when, you know, the distribution, the way that we distribute, resources is fundamentally unequal in society there's only a need for that type of advertisement when people don't know what they need you know what i mean right like marketing plays on in addition to reinforcing things i think it also plays on what currently exists in like society at large you know for instance instead of you know bud light commercials being like hey you know 
come out and buy a Bud Light Lime because they taste good and they'll get you drunk or they something like that. They don't taste good. Right. Um, Actually, they taste great, but they will totally give you diarrhea if you get fucked <laughs> up on them. I think that instead, instead of it being like, hey, buy Bud Light, it's like cuts to a commercial of, you know, troop coming home from oh my. war and he thinks that no one's there in the house. And then all of a sudden, like, surprise his family greets him he's like oh my god mom i'm so glad to see you it's been so rough over there like killing afghan civilians um and then (laughs) oil companies right and then and then everyone's got like a bud light in hand and then it's like bud light for families for you budweiser a company with well over a century of supporting the troops wanted to honor those who protect our right to dream i'm really proud to be brewing this beer for vets just proud to have a company that's willing to do that too the whole point obviously is to sell a product but it also is it's utilizing like american imperialism like all all these sorts of things to kind of get you to be like wow i had this heartfelt moment to really like go yeah, out and yeah. they're a good company blah, well, blah, blah. and here's the thing too is like advertising has evolved so much like at first it was just like hey here's the product we just want you to know it exists right yeah and then you started hearing well, no, I'm sorry. You started seeing all these different techniques that people are using humor or like catchy jingles or yeah. really repetitive that head on apply directly to the forehead. Right, right, right. You, started, <laughs> you, you heard all about all these techniques and you learned about them in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're things that you probably know about. But now we've entered like late stage marketing where like people are like using like actually heinous techniques to get people into a product you know what i mean right. like at this point we've gotten to the point where we, we've talked about it already yeah exactly product placement where just subtly you know they don't need to tell you it's an advertisement but it is you know right. what i yeah. mean we've gotten to other things like for example woke brands right like right. fucking nike who they're they're giant labor violators you know right, what I mean? right. they're like they like spend, they employ slave labor and like pay people like pennies to work i mean they, i work for them so i can't <laughs> speak to that <laughs> so i mean that's been a running joke but like we'll just make it clear jared that you don't work for nike no like, i work I, I work for sitgo Sit all yeah. hail venezuela <laughs> owned directly by maduro yeah. and only maduro he's the right hand man of <laughs> nicholas maduro so getting back on here the the woke brands they you know it's like this new thing where like almost accidentally keurig remember yeah. that that yeah. whole fiasco they realized holy shit we can like get a lot of advertise advertisers that is realized holy shit like there's a lot of free advertising out there for people who just are getting right. triggered you know right. what i mean and so that's where you get things like nike come out and nike is a brand that literally has like six decades of labor violations yeah. stacked right. up but they can release an ad with colin kaepernick and yeah, people yeah, are yeah. like it's gonna start a whole national conversation yeah. and they're they're like, like, it has, it has. Yeah. right but they're like like it, has. it, it really has because it's like they're like shit like I'm wearing Nikes. Yeah. My boy yeah. Kaepernick standing up to police violence. Hell yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. You it, got yeah. conservatives being like, I'm never buying another product right. from Nike again. They burn Ugh. the Nikes yeah, while they're but, still on their feet. But right. it doesn't matter because whether you're the woke guy on Twitter saying, hey, this is just a corporate like yeah. attention grab, or you're the guy on fucking Twitter saying, like, fuck Nike, I'm going to chop right. them my feet off because yeah. they have Nikes on them right now and right. Like, I'm gonna burn chop them. My feet <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. Whether you're doing one or the yeah. other, whether you hate them or love them or just feel indifferent about it. It's attention. It's attention. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? That all those companies, whether it's Gillette, because they did the toxic masculinity ad, right. whether exactly, it's Nike, yeah. whether it's Keurig, all their stock prices shot up. Right. They don't give a shit about whether you like them or not. Right. Their name is in the news 
if their stock well, product, well, their stock goes well, up, and that's they want to stand for something in this in this era. Making a political statement is is financially beneficial. On that same note, why I've always said, if America was fascist tomorrow and was advocating for extreme racism and extreme violence and extreme homophobia, all of those same companies would be right there advocating the yeah. same yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean it. it I know I mentioned it on a previous episode, but like, goddamn, like it was so fucking like that was literally the last episode. But, but it was it was <laughs> insane. Okay. It was insane. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it was insane to witness going to an embassy hotel like for a fucking work venture, yeah. and them having a Stonewall selfie station. I'm like, yeah. people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. literally were bludgeoned to get gay <laughs> rights. And it still didn't happen right. for years and years and years afterwards. Also, a lot of them communists. And like to think that like Hilton or whatever, they don't they don't care about gay oh, liberation they don't fucking or care. any of that stuff. It's like, like or or also too, the other day I'm like in the store and I'm like, I haven't bought cereal in a while. I'm gonna get some cereal to like snack on this week. And it's I bought honey bunches of oats, oats and yeah. there's literally a Snapchat rainbow flag filter that they have. Like I'm just like what does it have to do? With By the what? way, honey bunches of oats, great Gas. fucking Dang. It's absolute Dang. fire. You know that's gang. Right that's there. absolute innovation at its finest. Yeah. Probably funded <laughs> by the public sector. Yeah. Yeah. turned private. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> cutting to uh, this episode is brought to you by honey bunches. Of this oats. episode brought to you by Kellogg's. Right. <laughs> Wait, is it Kellogg's right. or I think I don't fucking. I think know. it's Kellogg's. Whatever. Honey bunches Kellogg's of oats. owns everything. Honey Fuck bunches it. of feeling my oats from this daddy juice, aka <laughs> Cat <Captain> Morgan. Oh my god. But. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like they'll they'll always like marketing sort of is the it it makes, you know, when we were jokingly talking about like people earlier who like act in a way that's kind of like chameleon, like they blend in like, oh, yeah, mar marketing is how capitalism sort of blends in with yeah. the broader narrative that that's happening at large. Like yeah. the, the reality is the people want revolution. They don't know that they want revolution because of the way that things have been, the way that yeah. things are marketed to them. And capitalism as a system, as monitoring this fucking simulation that we're in, yeah. uh, it has just co-opted the vast majority of public concern right. to make it seem that all you have to do if you want to change you know, America's long legacy of homophobia or racism or extreme inequality is support certain products. Yeah. And if you support those certain products, then you're golden and it'll change it for you rather than systemat systematically uprooting the system as a whole, turning it on its head and establishing yeah. a socialist society. Now say all of that again, but with the Ushanka that Nathan bought on your head. Okay, I'll do that. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy shit. What do you guys think? <laughs> Made in Russia, 1959. Right. I guess like what scares me the most about advertisement is that, for example, the woke brands is the new frontier. You know right. what I mean? The whole like like let's be super woke and sh and virtue signal yeah, to just, customers. Justin That's the new Trudeau is woke bay. But they they all, <laughs> damn it, they all they all. Like they all chase the new marketing high. Every time there's a success in marketing, that's the new thing. Like they all need to do it. You know what I mean? And like it creates like literally at this point where, where we're creating culture. Like Peter Coffin, who's like a YouTuber, talks a lot about like cultivated identity, which is the idea that like these companies will push you into creating an identity, like lifestyle marketing almost, right. out of 
what products you consume. It's like to be a Star Wars fan, you have to consume something that's Star Wars. To be a gamer, you have to buy this game or that game. To be a fitness expert or to be a vegan or blah, 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 you have to buy this amount of products or whatever. And like the thing is, is once you start buying those products, there's a culture involved in that. You start defending those products. Right. You go on the internet and you talk about why this is Definitely. actually the best product. You have to have an opinion. Yeah. You get defensive. You know, if you're a gamer and someone comes in and they want a girl to star in a video game, right. like, how dare they? Well, All right? Yeah. How dare they come into my space? Well, and so you need to own this sort of like cultivated right. space. And what's scary about that is like it 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 makes you buy in as a person more into the products that they're trying to sell you. You know yeah. what I mean? You're a ready-made fucking like market for them whenever they release something new, you know? So basically, like for our listeners that don't understand, what Nathan is saying is if you support EA, you support capitalism. Yeah, yeah. Like if you don't like EA, you don't like capitalism, not EA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I mean, I think what's interesting and I mean, I mean, I'm not excited, but I'm, I'm interested to see like the, the <laughs> morbidly the, interested. Yeah, the, the the narrative. That's a great phrase to describe Jared. Morbidly interested. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's all the heavy metal. Um, <laughs> but this this sort of de- it's not a debate, but it's a conversation that's going around. I feel like more and more online is sort of like millennials and our fixation on nostalgia and how we've become increasingly like sectarian with nostalgia because of our like feeling of identity with certain video games, television shows, whatever, and not realizing that like we've gotten into such a like harsh recapitulation of like capitalism just trying to like make nickel and dime every single fucking thing that's ever existed ever and just take the same old shit and rehash it in a new way for new audiences and also the same old audiences that now we're like, wow, uh, my favorite, you know, Final Fantasy game growing up was Final Fantasy VIII, and I had all this individuality associated with it. Now that it's being like rebranded and re-released, like I hate everyone that yeah. fucking like likes the same thing. And I think it again, it goes back to just this. I mean, it really realistically goes back to neoliberalism and the episodes we've done on that, and this hyper individualized economy that at the same time is less and less individual and individual experience and more and more uh concentrated in like very few hands of like like power structures and economic modes of production and all of that and so you have like all of us kind of like our generation especially and i think like the zoomers are kind of getting linked into it as well where we're all kind of on this like repeat cycle of like doing our like old lives over and over yep. to kind of try and find new meaning and old things and try to be innovative with it, but also yeah. extremely sectarian at the same time. And like, it, it might, you might think like, well, who, who cares? Like, why is this a, a big deal whatsoever? But like, look at how, how extreme people get about these cultivated identities right. like Gamergate, for example, where like women got harassed for right. being part of video game culture. Like look at like fucking people rioting at McDonald's because of the, the, the fucking goddamn pickle Rick fucking right, Szechuan right, right, right. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people go out and actually 
fucking make things happen because of products. You right. know what I mean? That is scary that people are like right. willing to like go out and just to be like, I am yeah. the biggest fan. I right. remember that you, shit. The you know? Szechuan pickle rick sauce. Well, it's like <laughs> even crazy. even our three dumbasses like out here being like, yo, my dudes, we're going to get on World of Warcraft <laughs> and fucking yeah. hop on here. And like also we're buying it because we all want access to classic to play <laughs> by ourselves. Yeah. And or with our like, other that was other funny. Other... Like Jared this week just basically like made us all play World of War. But it's like it's like we're <laughs> yeah. all we're all playing. We're all paying money for something that came out in yeah. 2005. That 2004 a, or 2004. Yeah. That a lot of people are like, like there are a lot of people who are now getting back into World of Warcraft again, who left the series a long time ago, who are playing classic and are like literally. Fuck anyone who plays live and yeah. fuck anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, blah, blah. And you're, it's like you're defending some shit that well, has no they're fucking selling talent. They're system selling is better. <laughs> the talent system is just better in classic. <laughs> Let's not get God into damn this it, right man. Now. Like, what can I say? There's, but they're selling your childhood back to you. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're exactly. saying to you, like, do you remember that time you had so much fun all staying up? And all you weren't night being in crushed by these. I mean, six? Wow, classic yeah. is a perfect fucking example for this episode. Yeah, you're being marketed the same shit that you like enjoyed shit. when you were a kid. But now, like, if you go back to it, you're just like, "Wow, this is grindy as fuck." Right. Like, yeah, I spent thirty <laughs> hours to get to level like ten, and in live, it takes me like an hour to get to level twenty. Another thing is that these i these cultivated identities that we're talking about, they can be like completely contradictory yeah. as well. Like leftists who think that all consumption is evil. Will literally go out and buy Che Guevara shirts. You know right. what I mean? It's oh my like, god! How the fuck can these two things exist at the same time? And like, the market doesn't care. You know what I mean? They don't. Right. They don't. They're not making a judgment on your morals. They don't care at all. They're just trying to sell you a product. You know what I mean? And yeah. personally, I You're get just, just so worried. Where like, where is this pushing us? Like morally as a society, like I don't really usually worry about the morals of society. But yeah. If anything makes me worry about it, it's like where advertising is going to push us to. You know? Right. I mean, I definitely. Mean, yeah. Speaking of all that, basically what we're getting at with this episode. Episode is that everyone needs to play World of Warcraft <laughs> classic with and us. classic and hit with us, us and give us gold, and give us all of their money that they have. <laughs> and um, yo, hit me up on Battle.net. Carry uh, my us, name is <laughs> class seductionist. <laughs> carry us through uh, Ragnaros, forty man. Right. Um, just kidding. We all suck, and we're all going to die a lot. Um, oh. But yeah. Anyway, um, that's Daddy Juice for you. So <laughs> that's daddy dude. For I, you. Oh my god. I think like another disturbing part of marketing so far has been like companies trying to blend in as people on like Twitter, for yeah. example. Like Wendy's coming in and being like sassy to other fucking like fast food places. Oh dude, when they were doing the I don't know if it was Wendy's. It was one of those fast food chains and like all of those like warp tour bands and shit were like, <laughs> yo. Uh, Wendy's roast us, and Wendy's was like, <laughs> oh, uh, state champs, more like uh, state craps, <laughs> you know. And everyone was like, oh for a moment, and everyone for a moment was like, wow, we don't totally live in a like cryptic dystopia where. <laughs> or um, do you know how like you know how like Arby's has basically like adopted anime culture? Yeah, yeah they basically yeah, yeah. like market to anime nerds. They now. do the Arby, they, <laughs> which yeah. I am totally an right, anime yeah. nerd. I'm like, like Sailor Moon titties. Mark- time to go buy some curly <laughs> yeah, fries. Yeah. A fucking, exactly. a goddamn fucking hentai <laughs> drawn the and Arby sauce on a bun, and you're right. like, oh fuck, yeah. that's awesome. Right. Yeah, they draw Retweet. like tentacles on a on an right. Arby's bun. I'm like, yeah, of course I, of course I need a roast right. beef sandwich. But 
with horsey sauce. I will say, okay, that's disgusting. And anyone who likes horsey <laughs> sauce is a revisionist and a reactionary. Yeah, they get the wall. Um, with that said, though, very <laughs> much looking to establish a socialist curly fry caucus. Yeah, so of the any, DSA. Any, anyone who fucks with curly <laughs> fries and wings and blue cheese yeah. and Arby's in general, because people apparently think Arby's sucks, um, hit me up. I'm, just, I'm the, just waiting for like yeah. Lil Debbie's to release like a mumble rap fucking album. <laughs> My God, that's gonna be sick. Or like the Lando Lakes lady, like to have a premium Snapchat. <laughs> what? Are you Damn, I'm about? gonna fucking hit that shit up. That was <laughs> a <laughs> lot. The Lando. <laughs> that was a the, lot. But Lando I'm here Lakes, for it. like the butter girl. Right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What? Or or I'm what, I, what I'm waiting for is that is cultural like, appropriation. Cultural appropriation. What are you talking about? They're about to. They're about <laughs> no, to rebrand for the butter, 2016 election. Butter get, is straight white people. They're food. about to rebrand. White people. Lando food. Lando Lakes is about to rebrand for the 2020 election. <laughs> they're gonna get real woke. They're gonna have Elizabeth Warren on their motherfucking <laughs> on, butter on their and cheese. Butter. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. I took. Hey, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm zero point zero 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 one percent Cherokee. Right. It turns out I'm one five hundred and twelfth right. butter. When you when you so when you so butter. Cherokee and so woke, you ain't even at the pipeline protest. Damn. Yeah. Do you guys remember when like Sunny D was like depressed on Twitter or whatever? Oh man. Like, like Moon Pies. Like I'm just scared because like I want to be in the okay Moon Pies and Sunny D talking on Twitter. <laughs> What world do we live in? But that's what's scary. It's like it's getting like purely dystopian. Like it's hard to criticize a company when they have like a literal persona. Sun, okay, okay, hold on, hold <laughs> yeah, on. Sign it's out. like a person. Sunny, Sunny D. Okay, I don't know if you were talking about a Twitter person, but the existence of Sunny D <laughs> itself is dystopian because it's that literally shit is not orange. It's juice. not orange. That's juice. not orange. It's juice. not orange juice, but people are like, "Hey, it's like synthetic ass yes, orange." Juice. They're like, "Hey, we should buy this diarrhea water." Like, <laughs> Sunny D is like the K two spice of marijuana, but for <laughs> orange drinks. Hello. It is. Hello, sir. Would you like to buy this orange flavored no. juice? You know what's you know Yo, what's orange flavored juice for all you working class Tampico followers out there. You're doing the right thing. Okay, okay, but y'all, y'all want to talk Sunny D as being very fucking, uh, just straight up out there. Damn, totally knockoff simulation orange juice. Don't forget about <laughs> the Karl Marx brand orange yeah. juice. Don't forget about Tang. That's oh, all I'm saying, Tang, dude. That that space OJ. Um, I remember we had a whole carton of like Tang powder mix. <laughs> I that, ate that shit That wrong. literally stayed in my, in our cabinet, in our pantry from when I was like <laughs> nine years old to when I was like 17 Bro, years I, old. I ate Tang powder raw. Wow. <laughs> that's probably why you like metal. <laughs> right. Like that's why, I probably have, why you I play have, in a I metal band. I have three band. brain cells. Yeah. All three brain cells drinking Tang powder. But anyway, marketing is here. <laughs> we got way out to there. tell us that orangutan right, guys, we're, we're, tang. Guys, we're back. We're back, <laughs> yeah. guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, we Let's went. We we uh, took a little bit of a journey. Yeah, on Elon's on, private rocket. On ship. Elon's private Tang, <laughs> Tangerang, Tangerang <laughs> sponsored <laughs> rocket ship. <clears throat> Tesla brand Tang. I think like another <laughs> creepy Tesla brand Tang. I think like bang. another creepy element of Rang. of marketing is like <laughs> <laughs> crunch, <laughs> ketchup and rinse. <laughs> 
Uh, like, are you fucking kidding me right now? It's damn. <laughs> it's it's space. It's space <laughs> ranch. <laughs> Sir, it's, it's, you can this is re- my emotional You can recharge the, the, the bottle. You can recharge. <laughs> you can plug the bottle in at any like uh, uh, electric <laughs> car charging right. station in the city that's gentrified as fuck near yeah. you. And it sings the uh, South Africa <laughs> yeah. theme and there's, song. And Nelson Mandela makes I, a cameo. I think like another revisionist. Another heinous element. What another, is going on? Another. This is all staying in, guys. Okay. I'm sorry. This is all staying in. <laughs> no, we're, cutting the, we're we're convinced none of you are listening. At I yeah. really so wish like, I had a like, giant like, blunt. Anyway, oh my god, <laughs> damn, I'm so confused. Okay, y'all want to wrap it up? Yeah. How do we wrap this up? All right. So to tie all of this together, marketing is essentially the psychology, if you will, of capitalism. It is the overarching ideology that takes the basic notion of commodity exchange and puts it onto the market in a way that tells you what exactly you need to purchase and why and how you need to purchase it and defies all rationality, irrationality, and then repurposes it again to market you something else. And um, with that, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Entry Level Left. As always, you can find us on every major platform, always um, free to download for everybody. We want to make sure that everybody can listen to the podcast uh, without any type of impediment to that. If you guys do enjoy what we produce and you value our content, please uh, consider going on Apple Music to or Apple Podcasts to uh, leave a review. Any link in our link tree will take you to where you can get our podcast. If you're interested, we have a Patreon that you can um, subscribe to. Um, we have PayPal as well on our link tree. And if you guys want to interact with us, like we said in previous episodes, we're always available on our Facebook page. You can try to reach out to us on Twitter um, at entry level left. And we'll always try to in- include our viewers' thoughts in future episodes or any ideas that they have. So with that, guys, thanks again for listening to this episode and have a great night.